Blog Talk Radio. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Ravenda of MZ and Indie Radio, and we are hanging together this afternoon on a warm, warm, warm Sunday uh, to talk with a very accomplished producer and composer, Mr. Rob Diggy. And I'm going to bring him in on the line and let him tell us about his work and his um, his history in the industry. And Rob, is that you on the line with us now? Yes, it is. How are you today? Hey, Ravenda, how are you? I'm fine. Warm here as well in Chicago. <laughs> well, I'm glad that um, we were able to meet today and have this interview because I um, wanted everybody to be able to understand um, the whole idea behind composing the music for, uh, you know, for a film and mm-hmm. for other things that you do. So if you could just kindly just uh, go back in time and just tell us a little bit about your background, you know, how you got involved in music and doing what you do now. Oh, wow. Early, you know, it's like every, every other kid wanting to, you know, be a musician, and uh, I um, used to play guitar growing up. I still play guitar now, but that was my first instrument. Um, my uncles used to play, had a band, and I would just, we would sit around and watch them. And I think the most fascinating thing was just reading album credits. Growing up, Bootsy Collins, the P-Funk All-Stars, uh, Ivy Brothers, I was a big fan of Ivy's. Ernie Ivy, he's born on March 7th, I'm born on March 7th. So, Reading the credits, I think, propelled me to be a musician. You know, um, I give a shout-out to Tom Tom Washington, uh, who was responsible for a lot of the Earth, Wind & Fire uh, records, Denise Williams records. He arranged a lot of those records. So if anybody listening, if they want to Google Tom Tom Washington, um, he's, he was my influence, and I got a chance to actually work with him when I got older. And that's where my, my roots came from, just being able to just hone in early, you know, and capture it all, you know. Mm-hmm. Listen, that's pretty amazing because, um, you know, we never really think that much about how the music is produced for a film, and we just like certain soundtracks whenever it's like an artist that we're familiar with or something like that, but there's all those things like the intro and, and when you have, you know, those those scenes when it's like a horror scene or things like that. I mean, it's just so much to me that's involved. Can you kind of go over how that works? Oh, yeah. Um, normally, I'm sent uh, a QuickTime movie through through the web. You know, uh, I, I use a service called Dropbox, which is real easy for um, my movies to be sent to me. And once they're in, in, in Dropbox, and I take them out, and I use Logic, by the way, Logic, Logic Pro, and I'm able to put the film back in Logic and actually look at the scenes. And you can either, you can either read the script, which a lot of times, a lot of people send me the scripts, and I can read the script and make notes on what I think should happen here. Now, that's when your creative juices kind of take over. You can either take the scene, and if it's a love scene, you know it's going to be something really you know, you know, romantic and calm, or if it's a, a chase scene, you know it's got to be big. So I have to make the decision how to make the scene come to life musically, and that's a big challenge. I mean, that's the biggest challenge of being a composer, to be able to say, okay, this scene needs, at this moment, when she says the word, you know, I love you or watch out, you got to be able to strike when the iron's hot a piece of sound or something that's going to, you know, put the exclamation point on, you know, that particular scene. And, you know, I've gotten really good with that, being able to watch a character's movements. Uh, you have to get into the character psychologically, 
to, you know, mentally you have to get into their heads and say, wow, what is she thinking at this moment? What type of string would I use? What type of uh, guitar or drum or whatever it is to make that particular uh, scene come to life? You know, and the scene may be uh, maybe no longer than 15 seconds, but it may take you, in actuality, an hour to score it. You know, it may take a full hour to score just that 15 seconds. You know, and I've been in situations like that because you really have to think. You have to really put your creative juices on, your hats on, and be able to think, what does this scene actually need? And, you know, I've been blessed to have that talent. If you don't mind, I can tell you, (laughs) I like to tell the story, and I want to start telling the story more so. I got started 10 years ago scoring, and I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I walked into a room, and these guys were doing an independent film called Trust. And actually, right now, you can catch that movie um, online uh, at your block, where if any blockbusters are still open, Trust is a good film. Uh, or you can find it on Maverick Entertainment. Uh, that, that they, have, they, they distribute that movie. And uh, watching this movie, um, I didn't score it the traditional way like composers score. You know, I was able to, and that because I didn't have equipment. So what I'm trying to say is that I was being able to watch the film on a video monitor with a DVD um, and then play my instruments that, that didn't sync to anything. So the movies I had scored back in the day were never time-coded time or synced with the film. I had to guesstimate when she says, go, the music had to start. And that was a challenge within myself to say, well, okay, how long do I need this piece of music? And it was a challenge for me to do it like that. So now that I have the proper equipment, you know, it's just a matter of taking the timeline and putting it where I want to put it at and go forward. But, you know, I like to tell that story because for young young aspiring filmmakers that are coming up, I know they know now what to do. But back in the day, when I, like I said, I didn't have any equipment. So I had to do it the long way and guesstimate. And I'm so glad, you know, that I know now. You know, and that's, a, that's really a blessing that I, I really know how to do this. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, um, when you, how do you how do you acquire um, those projects? You know, for the film project, do they come to you, or do you you have to go like you know casting calls go? Uh, um, well, you know, it's funny because a lot of times the films are done by the time they get to me. The films are already done. The only thing that has to be done is you know a little bit of editing here and there. Um, word of mouth for me because, I, you know, I pride myself on being the best. It's word of mouth now, um, and I'm using Facebook a lot, and I'm also using uh, AfricanAmericanFilmmakers.com. I get to, I, I, some of my work has come from there. I uh, did a soap opera called The Proud and the Privileged, which you can catch all six episodes on, on YouTube, The Proud and the Privileged. And, um, but, yeah, normally just word of mouth. You know, I have to go out and grind every day. And in Chicago, we have a small community of filmmakers. So those films kind of like circulate or the actors circulate around the different movies, and I'm able to pick up a few of those. Unfortunately, Ravinda, I hate to say this to the to your radio people, but I haven't had a lot of luck here in Chicago in the last year uh, with films. All my films have been out of state. And, and that's real talk. I mean, New York uh, and L.A. And, and right now, that's that's where I'm at, you know. So I'm between New York and L.A. on the web, and I'm scoring a, a few films now that are just New York-based and L.A.-based, no Chicago films. 
and that's unfortunate. I'm in my own backyard and can't get work. And the people on these coasts respect my work. They really do. So now, with that happening, do you see that um, you might have to consider relocating to get, you know, um, more into the heart of where it's going to be coming from? Yeah, I thought about that, and my mom was also saying the other day how um, I have three films to do in L.A. and um, one, like I said, one in New York, two in New York, actually. And she was saying, well, what do you want to do? I said, well, the good thing about it is that the computer is, 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 is the biggest tool right now where you can use Skype. So I use Skype a lot. So if anybody listening and they need, you know, extra, you know, uh, information, you can Skype me under Rob Diggy. Um, and what I do is um, I'm able to get on Skype with the, with the director, the producer. They can see me. I can see them. And we can actually, I can actually do that film in real time, and they can see me actually working on that film in Skype, or through Skype, or through screen sharing. So Skype has really, really, really helped me a whole lot. So it really doesn't warrant me to just take a plane and leave, not unless somebody has a bigger budget film and they really need me there, then I can just fly out. But normally right now, it's just over the web, and it really works. Well, I'm glad you do have an alternative because it just would be awful if, you know, you're, you were unable to do the best of your work as, as qualified as you are and, and because of, you know, them not giving you the work or needing. Right. Do they have any studios in Chicago? Yes, they do. I mean, um, you know, and it's funny because I've never been to a film scoring lab here in the city. I have my own lab and my own studio. I have two studios that I work out of, my, my home studio and another professional studio outside of my home that I do my work out of. And um, I've never been to a scoring studio here, um, unfortunately, but, you know, because everybody has. And since everything is so micro-technology now, you can work out of the house. So I have my computer, my iMac is well worth a whole, whole lot of money now when I bought it. And it's, it's just, you know, good to be able to have that that going on for me, you know, so I've been, I'm, I'm able to now just work, you know, from home and my other studio and get the work done, you know, so you don't really have to just hop on a plane to do the work, you know. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. It'd be nice well, to travel. Don't get me wrong. It'd be nice to take a plane and, and, and go and meet these people. The only advantage, I think, you know, being in, the, in a New York or a big city, New York or L.A., is that you get? I miss out on the networking, the, the actual live physical networking of being able to talk with a John Singleton or F. Gary Gray, which I've done, and and being able to talk with these different filmmakers and hobnob with them on a daily basis. You can't do that in Chicago because the industry, like you say, are on the coast and Atlanta. Um, so you have to really choose your battles and choose them wisely, um, and to be able to just, if you can get a plane ticket and go for the weekend and let people know that you're coming out. Maybe that may might work for me, you know, because I do plan on going to um, Atlanta just as soon as um, July hits. You know, I'm, I'm getting out of here for a little while, you know, mm-hmm. just to go wow. network. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the best way. I mean, it's a lot of stuff that you could do. I, mean, I want to plug a friend of mine, Teddy Bishop. He's a famous producer. Uh, he did a lot of work with Latoya Luckett, uh, Tony Braxton, uh, just all over the place, 33 million records sold. And, you know, we hooked up. Um, and he now wants to score films. He's never really scored films before. 
Here's a guy with, like I said, 32 million records sold. Teddy Bishop is huge, you know, and I have the honor of knowing him and talking with him on a daily basis, but he calls me for advice. And I think that's an honor for a person of his stature, of his you know, qualifications, to say, Rob, I need your help. You know, you're the expert in this film. <laughs> you know, can you help me? I'm getting ready to score this film for the first time. Can you help me? You know, blah, blah, blah. And so I've lent my hand to him, to ex- extended my hand to help him get his film done or whatever technical issues there are, I'm able to step in and help him. So I want to give a shout-out to Teddy and the people that know him. And so, um, yeah, but yeah, I think it's a good thing. When I can say you want to take a pay cut, because, you know, in independent, they don't pay a lot of money. But if you can get a film that has at least a half a million dollar budget or $300,000 budget, you're doing okay, you know, because you know you can make some cool money, you know. Not a lot, but, you know, you're scheduled to make some good money. Mm-hmm. Now, can you name some of the other movies that you've done scores for or have you done any type of, um, you know, participation in, even if it's, you know, an intro or whatever? Can you name some for Yeah, I, um, I had a chance to work with um, – Wood Harris from The Wire, of course. Um, and Neil, we did a movie together um, here a couple of years ago now, but it's called Ransom Games. And it's, it's supposed to be, it's actually supposed to have been out already. We just did a big screening here last week uh, at one of the theaters in Chicago. And um, they, they were really cool people to work with. But the movie uh, will actually be coming out. I don't, it's going to be distributed probably through the web. And um, got a chance to work with Clifton Davis on a movie called uh, The Engagement. Um, and, and Bernadette Stannis from Good Times. They were really cool people. Clifton taught me a lot about Jewish music and how I should use. It was a Jewish-based film. Uh, Jew, uh, the, the black family didn't want the Jewish guy to marry in, you know, into the family. So I thought that was pretty interesting. So uh, when you get these movies and you get lined up to do them, you have to think what type of music you're going to need, you know. So I had to go do my research on klezmer music. That's Jewish music and uh my, my my research point was uh, Fiddle on the Roof, and that really helped me a whole lot. So I did like a hip-hop, uh, Jewish-type thing through the whole film, and it worked. Uh, other films, um, we have a uh, Hostile Takedown, um, My Family Barbecue. These are all independent films that have uh, gone on to Blockbuster and some of the di- bigger distributors. Uh, one film, notably, I'm working with a guy. I uh, just did a film for a, a feature, actually. My first feature was Paulo Coelho's... Um, Paulo Coelho did uh, the the Alchemist. He wrote a book called The Alchemist, and he turned his book uh, online into a film competition, uh, which was called The Witch, The Experimental Witch, which was uh, featured at the Rome Film Festival, and uh, and and at Cannes. So I was very happy about that. So that's going to have a, a summer release pretty soon. So and it's selected theater. So I'm really happy that I have a, a bigger release coming out. So. That was a, an honor to work on that film. So, so I'll be wow. Well, I wanted to tell people that um, you know a lot of our our films, films for African Americans, are are um, pretty much not put into the the major stream of things mm-hmm. as much as we are putting them out. And people should either try to find them online or or you know try to. Um, uh, go to the stores and ask them, you know, where are our movies? Because I know I walked into a Walmart, and the only time I ever see our films, and a lot of them are straight to DVD, is whenever there's is a Black History Month thing. Right. <laughs> I never yep. ever see them. I'm like, when I go back after 
Like in March, I don't see nothing. Now, why do you need to move it? You know, we you thinking that the entire population of black folks went in there and got the movies or whatever no. that month, and, and nobody thought about it anymore after that? You know, so I don't know why we can't be filtered in like everybody else's films, you know. And, and that's only what we're going to know what's coming out because they, we don't see a whole lot of promotion. It doesn't get promoted on a on a wider level. You have to be, like, at the right place at the right time where you'll see an advertisement for a movie or something or BT or talk about it or BT's already played it on their show. You know, that's the only time we ever see that. So, you know, do you know if they're working on some type of better promotion? No, no, I don't. The only thing I can tell you is that um, – uh, the African Black Film Festival is one of the biggest, um, like, say, second to Cannes as far as on the African-American level. That's in Miami, of course, June 23rd through the 27th. And they promote uh, a lot of the films early on before they come out. That's the only thing that I know of. I mean, like, you can see, like, a lot of the black movies, like Black Dynamite, uh, This Christmas, all those movies were, like, uh, eight months before they came out, they were already screening them. But you just can't. They they don't have an outlet or a medium where people can go and 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 do that. Even online, the black exploitation movies. You know, I'm a big fan of those. And and right now when I watch them, I watch them for different reasons. They don't even have an outlet on the web where you can either go watch them for free, of course. You know, uh, I know like some of the stores you can go in and buy some of the old Pam Grier and the Fred Williamson movies, um, but they just don't have that for us. You know, the, the outlet for us. No. That's true. Mm-hmm. They don't. And, you know, that's why I came up with the Internet um, TV program that, I, that I'm working on, and I'm, you know, still working on getting some sponsors, and, and I look forward to having anybody help me with that because um, it's called Indie Stream TV, and I wanted to feature uh, a channel specifically for our straight-to-DVD movie so that they could actually be on as a pay-per-view um, feature. And um, at least with me doing a lot of promotion, it'll get to, you know, a, a massive stream of people who are looking for that type of movie, and they can actually watch it from the website. Um, they can stream it. And then, you know, of course, the, the writers or the directors, producers, or whoever owns the rights to the movie will get money out of that because of the fact that it'll be a pay-per-view. So it increased their profits and their, you know, revenue. And then um, I also wanted to have independent filmmakers provide their movies on there as well, whether they want to do it under a pay-per-view or just have documentaries listed or just do previews or shorts or whatever they want to do and just have them all on that channel that channel because it will be considered uh, a cinema. That That's whole channel nice will be because it's cinema. funny you mention that because the film that I'm doing out in L.A. I just finished is a short called Be Evil, Tony Topaz on the Icarus Films. Uh, mm-hmm. we, I just finished that score for him. And what he's doing with this particular movie is he has a site. It's not quite up right ready, but it's called dollarpreview.com. That's just what you were talking about. But what he's doing with dollarpreview.com, you can go and, and watch the film for a dollar. Mm. You know, so you can't beat it. So if you know 200 people that want to see this film, then there it is right there. So that's what he's doing. He's inviting at least 50 filmmakers to, to bring on board their films for free. And the first 50, of course, you know, can have their films on, on this site. And then people can go on and watch their friends' films, you know, and pay the dollar or whatever. And, of course, there's a cut. Uh, he's going to have a setup where it's a code where people can go and, and spend, what, if you spend a dollar, 
uh, on somebody's film and you were recommended, you can get the 50 cent, you know, the other half, you know, if you, if you recommend right. it. So that's what Tony's doing now. And I think that's a good idea. Um, and I do hope it works. So, um, I'm, I'm all in support of him doing it and I'm going to try to do what I can to help promote it, uh, as much as I can once he gets, uh, all the uh, information uh, in, in tow, you know, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's, a, you know, similar to what we want to do because, of course, we would probably be charged a little bit more in a dollar because we're going to um, do a, a whole lot of promotion for that, and I think they can be worth more than that. People spend 5 $6 on a pack of cigarettes. Once they see the, the preview of the film and they get, you know, like, um, you know how you have on the uh, special features of a DVD? Mm-hmm. Um, you have commentaries and things like that on how the movie's made and then talking with the different actors. I mean, we're going to, like, promote it heavily, like we're just taking everything off the DVD and putting it on the website. So it gives people more insight about the movie so as to not, like, some people just, like, go and look at something not knowing what it's all about, and they're not sure, and they might choose to get it and might not choose to get it. But if they have more information about it leading them into getting the movie, they will certainly want to spend more money for it because uh, a regular, you know, on demand on the cable is like about four ninety nine. Wow. So, you know, I'm sure people could spend a little bit more. I mean, we made it like $3 or something like that. That would still help. Um, and then, I mean, there's other things they can do to promote it as well. You know, it's a lot of different especially if you have a movie based on issues that are going on right now in the world, you can just donate a portion of that money to that cause. Like, you know, it's Haiti, for instance, and um, and other other things going on in Africa. You know, people are making movies about just about everything. So there's so many ways to market stuff like that and just make the money that you need to keep it going. Because my, my goal is one day to not just have one film studio in Atlanta, run by Tyler Perry, we should have our own films, you know, studios everywhere. Like, we, we should, should have our we own. Should. You know, I do it believe should, that. It shouldn't take this long to have one, and the only place we got it is Atlanta. We're all over <laughs> this map. We can mm-hmm. actually put our own in South America, I mean, uh, South Africa. We can actually yep. put our own studio over there because the, the cost to make a movie over there is so much cheaper than over here. It's almost like five times the difference, three to five times the difference. You know, and and there's other places, too, other countries that want to get involved in in filmmaking to increase tourism, increase, you know, um, uh, revenue to their country. So we don't have to necessarily be in the United States to make our movies. We can go somewhere else. Or we could just go ahead and put our stuff together, our, all our pool our resources and do our stuff right here in other places, maybe in New York, maybe in um, L.A. or you know, it's mm-hmm. other places we can go to. We don't have to just sit here and wait till somebody gives us permission. You, you're, you're so right. I mean, they're building a, 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 a million-dollar structure here, uh, movie studio, but it's not black-owned, of course, but they are building a facility here um, for people to shoot films um, here and, and the whole soundstage and all that. So it's going to be like Little Hollywood here in about another year or so when they finish up. So that's going to be kind of cool because I would like to go over and apply. <laughs> You know, to let them know, hey, this is what I do. I'm very, excuse me, capable of, capable of doing it. And um, as, you know, time goes on, I get better and better with scoring. So I'm looking forward to some bigger projects, you know. Oh, by the way, shout out to Lisa Mosley um, with Homes for Haiti and, and uh, the Face of the Caribbean. Um, I'm part of that project, and I'm going to be helping out um, lending some songs uh, for Homes for Haiti. 
in the face of the Caribbean. So that's just what I want to kind of throw out there real quick, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, if you want to talk a little bit more about that, go right ahead, because, you know, we're we're actually both working on a project, but I'm going to give you the floor so that you that's can cool. I just want to give a little quick it. shout out, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all yeah, it is. It's, it's the project that um, we have going on. For those that are listening and um, who are have not seen uh, the post that I put all over Facebook, um, the Face of the Caribbean is a competition that um, is open for uh, singers and songwriters, models, producers, uh, fashion designers, hairstylists, um, uh, who else? <laughs> we have... Yeah. Go ahead, add some more. Well, photographers, <laughs> so musicians, composers like myself, and um, we have a lot of people involved in helping to, pu- to pull us together, you know. Right, and it's open to a lot of people to to actually be promoted and to become, you know, the face of the Caribbean. Um, it's a global effort, so we're asking people from all over. Um, if you want more information about it, you can go to www.faceofthecaribbean.net and you can get more information or you can uh, contact me at mznindyradio.com at gmail.com, and I'll send you some more links and some more information uh, on how you can be a part of it if you'd like to sign up. I do have a lot of singers and songwriters that come on the show, and I've been sending information out to them to see if they'd like oh, great, to be great. involved. So uh, hopefully we can accomplish what we're trying to reach in the goals of um, doing things to, to raise money in the Caribbean to help people in Haiti, building homes for Haiti. And um, a lot of different projects that will help the communities as well as, you know, the people here. So uh, anybody is entitled to go out there and um, submit, especially you hair salon owners. you got a whole lot of people in there doing hair, and you should participate in that because this is your chance to shine. So just want to put that out there. We're going to talk more about the, the uh, project on a different show because we're going to dedicate a whole hour to it. Let me see if I can put, pull up one of your songs because I was having trouble pulling it up, okay? Hold on. Okay, now, because I don't know why I was acting crazy like that. Um, let me see. All right, let me try this one. Looks like it's working. Because sometimes, um, depending on the, the length of the file, it may not just pop up on there like I want to. It might just sound kind of weird. But I'm put on uh, something you have called Auto Times. Okay, I never heard of that. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, I did that for um, a website for a, a commercial, a car commercial. So I was very happy about that one. So um, wow, be cool. Musicdealers.com. So um, I, I saw something that you did on your website. I saw it on your MySpace page. It was something for um, was it for a Spider-Man video game? Yeah, Spider-Man. Actually, uh, a friend of mine, John Pierre, composer in Chicago, um, he was actually telling me how to compose from YouTube, you know, how to compose these uh, QuickTime. He's the one that got, got me involved in, in the uh, process of using the QuickTime movies. And um, I never looked back. But, yeah, I, I actually, that was just a, a trial. I didn't actually score the... Spider-Man uh, game. I um, I did it to see if I could do it. And if you heard it and you heard the magnitude of what it sounded like, it's beautiful. I mean, it's a flawless piece. I, I didn't. Sometimes I listen to it now. I'm like, wow, is that was that me? I did that. You know, it works because right now I can name me five producer friends of mine and they can't do that. You know, wow. can't do that. And that's where I, I fit into a class by myself, and I'm proud of that. You know, and I'm not taking anything away from my partners. You know, it's just that I do what I do, and I'm good at it, and I'm proud of my what I, my work. You know, and and you should be because it's very good work. And uh, I think that we should have a lot more people of our you know culture doing that kind of stuff because we have so many people who are in the hip hop industry and in R&B industry. You know, part of the music. Um, group and we are so talented, but I don't see a lot of people going out to get, you know, jobs like that doing composing for movies. I know they well, do a lot you of. You guys don't remember? It's like get a rapper, you get a rapper, and not, not, once again, I'm not knocking anybody that in the arts of doing what they do. It's just that people limit themselves. You know, you take a rapper and all he can do is rap. Well, now his rapping days are over. Now his career is. 28, 9 years old, and he might have had some minimal success, but now it's time to find a job or do whatever. But now he can find some kind of life and maybe acting in a film. So a lot of Hollywood now are coming out saying, okay, well, let's pick up, you know, John John because he's rapping and he's not rapping anymore, but we can use him as an actor, you know. So they find life there. But your musicians, you find a lot of times that they stay in one position, you know, one area. You know, um, and I'm glad I'm able to produce R&B music and pop music and all kinds of music on any level, and then come back and then score a film. That's 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 got to be the ultimate. That's the ultimate high for me. That's that's like that's like jumping out of a plane with a parachute, you know, skydiving. You know, so I'm I'm glad I'm able to switch gears and go from R&B music, and I do a lot of producing, a lot of vocals. I'm working on a project now for for Tate Music Group out of uh, Oklahoma for a guy named um, Big Mel. Mm-hmm. And we're just about done with the project, and his single is going to be Yearning for Your Love. We uh, we re- we did the remake on that. And um, Big Mel used to be with a group called Public Announcement back in the day, and uh, he's gone solo now, of course. But, yeah, he's with Tate Music Group, and um, I'm able now to – I've just finished up his album and everything. So that just, just, just goes to show you my, my versatility, being able to, you know, come from – this horror classic, you know, to writing an R&B song. So I love it. I love the transition, I, I, you know, that I can pull off, you know. Wow. Now, have you um, ever acted in a movie yourself? 
never acted in a movie. Um, the only thing I did in college was I played a movie man in Raising the Sun at the very end of the movie. And, uh, you know, when I saw the, the real production, and it was the same, pretty much the same line that the lady told me, told her two movie men to watch her furniture, you know, don't tear the furniture up or something like that. So that was the only thing that I had ever done um, on on film, I mean, on theatrical or whatever, but... No, no, no acting. No, I'm I'm strictly behind the scenes, and I love what I do. By the way, I'm um, working with Blair Underwood and Frank Underwood, um, the actor. That's my cousin, Blair Underwood is, and his brother oh, yeah. Frank Underwood Jr. And uh, they're out of. Um, That's cool. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, Frank um, is in Stupin, not Stupinville, Ohio, but um, Virginia, Petersburg, Virginia, and. Um, and via L.A., of course. And I had to research Facebook in order to find find them, find a family, and we found them, and uh, ver- they verified that I was family, of course. So he uh, actually sent me a script that I'm reading now called um, Mac with Cheese, and he wants me to score that film. So I'm excited about that, as well as Jeanette Branch, uh, who's a stunt woman out in L.A. that's doing a, a film um, that I'm getting ready to work on, too, out of uh, New York. So... A lot of a lot of good a lot of good things are happening. I mean, you know, and I'm not just dropping names or whatever, but this stuff is actually happening for me, and I'm very happy about it. You know, um, I don't know if you told your listeners, but also um, I have a Grammy um, recipient. I'm a Grammy recipient, not award winner. I'm a Grammy recipient of um, working with Beyonce on Crazy in Love, the remix, the actual remix won uh, a Grammy. Um, Naris decided to make it a category, and it, it was up for a nomination, and it won. And I only played five chords, <laughs> and it won. So, I mean, that's all you needed. I mean, five chords, crazy in love, crazy in love, crazy in love, you know. So um, I, UPS delivered me this really nice plaque, you know, Grammy plaque in the mail. So very happy about that. And uh, also the gold record is on its way here. It's late, but it's on its way too. So, um, <laughs> as long as you get it. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, the gold. And I should have more gold records. I played on so many remixes that I went gold or platinum. Uh, Slim Thug, Beyonce, um, Janet Jackson, um, a lot, of, a lot of different records I played on that that went either gold or platinum. But you know, as a, an auxiliary player, you have to pay for those plaques. People don't know that, but and I don't mind sharing that information. But you have, you have to pay for them. So. Uh, I'm going to do one at a time, and I'm way, way overdue for, for getting them. A friend of mine came over. He has over 100 plaques, and uh, he says, hey, you don't have any gold or platinum on your walls. I know you, you got them. They're out there, so research them. So I found, you know, the uh, the, the websites with my name on it and stuff like that. So um, I'm going to get probably one more, you know, after I get this one. So it'll be here soon. <laughs> so that's an honor. So when people come to my studio, they're like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So now you're you're supposed to get uh, residuals and stuff for that kind of thing too, right? Nope, you don't get a dime. You get paid what? a flat fee um, when the check arrives um, from the from the from the label. They pay you mm-hmm. outright because the record has already been recorded. Rich Harris Harrison uh, actually uh, produced that record, so he gets a check. The Shy Lights from Chicago, they get a check because they wrote Crazy in Love. Um, right. Anybody else that was involved in the writing process of that record um, 
will be receiving royalties. Unfortunately, I wasn't in that, you know, pick of the litter. So <laughs> uh, you, you, we get a flat fee. So the labels always send out about um, $20,000, uh, and we split that among, you know, maybe four or five people, you know. Mm-mm. How we get, you know, and that's it. You don't see any more money until the next project, you know. So, uh, and they kind of, they were coming in back in the day. The projects were coming in like every week. I mean, I was doing Mary J. Blige one week, and before that week was over, I'm doing uh, Janet Jackson or John Legend. You know, they were coming in just like that every every other week. So, you know, that's, that's, that was an honor as well. You know, and you know, it was steady money. You know, and I had a job then. You know, I was working. I, I taught school. You know. Mm-hmm. Public school music, you know, education, elementary music. So I could leave school and go to work at the studio, and you know, get a check at the end of the week or whenever the label, you know, would deliver the check. So that was pretty cool, you know. Well, I always tell people, you know, sometimes when you're in the industry like that, the money's not always guaranteed. So you gotta make sure you have a whole bunch of things going on, so you always got that money coming in, or you just learn how to budget your money and save a, a nice nest egg, because you never know when you gonna have a dry spell. Where yeah, yeah, I've done both. I'm able to. I'm, I'm able to keep a job. Um, actually, right now, um, I started back working about four weeks ago. With uh, the board of Edu- well, the board of education uh, teaching music um, to to the small children. So, uh, and that program ends. Of course, we get out of school in July. So, uh, in about another three weeks, I'll be out. Of, I'll be off work. But my projects will bag that up. You know, so uh, like you said, you have to have more than one project and know how to balance your money. So, uh, I've been really blessed and thankful and grateful to be able to, you know, do both and then balance my money. So. It, it works out, you know, and then all the projects I got coming in, so um, I'm good. You know, I, I just thank God, and I just hope He continues to bless me, you know. And I want to keep doing what I what I what I enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. We'll be rooting for you too. I'm gonna to go ahead and play um, the "Yearning for Your Love" track that you sent over, and uh, let the audience hear that. We'll be right back with Rob Diggy. Don't keep running My heart is young 
Well, thank you so much. I, I it took me a month. <laughs> <laughs> so, what what are the um, the tools that you think are the best to use for this type of work? Um, just for those folks who are thinking about doing it. Uh, I use Logic Pro, and I'm not using seven for those producers out there. I'm using. I mean, I'm not using eight or nine. I'm using seven because if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So, <laughs> it's just a different version. So, uh, Logic Pro, I'm using. Uh, most producers would say they're using Logic Pro, Digital Performer, uh, Reason, um, Reason Five. I heard is really right, really, really, really cool now for sequencing. So, but I don't think you can score films in Reason. You may be able to, but um, these are like the top programs for using for music. You know, of course, then you're dealing with your plugins, all your you know components to make the sound sound really, really cool. You know, different type of you know, keyboards, you know, soft synth keyboards that you can use. So um, I'm using that, and that's it, and a Mac. Wow. You know? And uh, well, for right now I'm using I love I love what I do. You know? Are there any courses for anybody who needs to up, update whatever they do have as far as knowledge? In, in order uh, to be a yeah, composer online you can go to YouTube, of course, um, and you can learn from YouTube. I mean, if there's anything, you know, of course, you know, everything's on YouTube, but um, – as far as community based, yeah, Apple sometimes they they do um, workshops 
uh, on equipment and what well, not on equipment, but learning your craft as far as um, the different programs stuff like that. But um, yeah, just just basically the YouTube. I mean, that's just probably the quickest way to learn. Um, every now and then, I, I do classes here at the studio, just showing people how to get into their craft. Uh, voiceovers, I teach. Um, vocal production, you know, um, piano instruction. Um, and I can't teach scoring because nobody wants to learn scoring. That's unbelievable. But nobody wants to learn the art of putting music to a film. And I think that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> They'll do everything yeah. else but that. Oh, I want to do vocal. Okay, great. You want to do scoring? Nope. <laughs> you know. I think people should open themselves up to whatever is available to do, just to add to your resume, you know, because you never know when somebody needs that type of work from you, especially if they don't need nothing else, they can at least get that from you, and you can, yeah, you know, I had a guy here making good connections. I had a guy at the studio, he actually, um, I said, okay, I want to try to see if you can score the scene, so when he looked at the film, and the film was moving, I said, okay, now you can start right here, and he looked at the film, and his fingers were, you know, kind of, you know, perched over the keyboard, but he didn't hit play any notes. He just couldn't. He looked at it and said, I don't know what to do. He says, I'm serious. I don't know what to add. I don't know what to do. I'm like, just right now, just play something that's real comfortable with the with the scene. He says, Rob, I can't do it. I'm like, okay, don't worry about it. <laughs> I'll do it, you know. And that just, just goes to show you people's limitations where, you know, if you're a musician, you should be able to do that. But a lot of people think that's hard. And it is hard work. It really is, you know. So I suggest if anybody's getting into it, they better study. They better study. They better study. I, I got in uh, at a time when, when I didn't have the, the proper equipment, so I started researching really fast. Everything I get my hands on, uh, score books, reading online, uh, whatever it was, reading professional, you know, composers' work. I did all that. I did all that, you know. And uh, I'm glad I'm, I'm in that position now to be able to say I can do it. My my my, my mentor and biggest. Uh, Idol is Brian Tyler. He scored a lot of the bigger movies, Planet of the Apes. Uh, he did, uh, what's the movie, uh, right quick off the top of my head, with the computer. Well, anyway, Brian Tyler is really huge. So if anybody wants to look up Brian Tyler, Eagle Eye. He, that's what he did Eagle Eye, he did Bangkok Dangerous. So he's uh, yeah, really huge on, on the computer side, you know. And uh, we, we've actually emailed one another and, and Facebook one another as well, and he's complimented my work. So when you get somebody on that caliber, that can say you're doing a great job. I, you know, I'm really, really fascinated by it and, and thankful that he could come on my page, look at my, 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 my videos or whatever, and say, Rob, that's great work. That's nice stuff. Because he didn't have to do that, you know. You know. Wow. Really happy. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's wonderful. And, and um, it must be exciting to be involved. You get to go to award shows for these films. Um, or premieres or whatever for these films that you've worked on, or stuff that you haven't worked on? Well, you know, a lot of times I get to go uh, to the premieres, hang out, you know, question, you, you do the question and answer thing. A lot of times, it's funny, a lot of times, though, well, I just did a premiere with a friend of mine, Joe Shanks, that actually wants to do your show, uh, America. He's a filmmaker, producer, director. So um, um, he did a film called Take Me Out. And, you know, of course, when the film was over with, one lady kind of stood up, raised her hand, and says, who did the music? And it's normally people don't ask that question in the Q&As because they always want to know, they want to meet the actor, the actress, you know, and 
It's always about the director, and that's fine, you know, no problem. But this lady stood up and said she wanted to know who did the music. And, uh, of course, Joe pointed to me and said, uh, oh, Rob Diggy did the music, you know. And, and, and he just kind of, you know, highlighted me on that end. But a lot of times composers are not, they're not known. They're not, you know, we're behind the scenes people, you know. You know, so it's all good. So, um, and then, of course, I don't see the actors or actresses until the actual screen. And I have to introduce myself to these people. They don't know me, you know. I, I've lived with them, you know, in my studio for for months, scoring, you know, their their scenes or whatever, and um, and then you actually meet them and you say, oh, that's that person that did that, you know. So I say, hey, how you doing? My name is Rob Diggy. I, I I worked on the score for the film, and then that's when I'm able to make my my get my rapport up with the people, you know, which is a good thing, you know. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, mm-hmm. Now. I did have a question to ask in regards to um, directing. Um, had you any kind of uh, desire to get into directing the film? No. Um, once again, I, I no acting, no directing. Um, I took that in college. But now that I'm scoring these films, a lot of times I'm involved in the editing portion of the film where I could suggest to the director, you know, I think you should try this versus this because this works better for the score. You know, you become involved when you don't think you're involved, you know, and, and I think that's kind of cool because um, a lot of directors will tell me, well, well, my, my personal partner that I work with, uh, he wants me to be more a part of the, the uh, actual directing, you know, to being, being on set, you know, like that. So um, that's cool. I don't have a problem with that, you know. But no, no directing. <laughs> I think that's right. kind of cool. I've never directed anything other than some college stuff, you know. So that's okay. pretty cool. Do you ever work with screenwriters? Uh, yes, a couple times. Just just a few times. I've had people um work with scripts and things of that nature, or have to you know revise scripts. But not a lot. Normally, just directors and editors. Uh, I'm, I'm normally in the post of things, so dealing with the director, the editor, uh, the post-production producers and things of that nature. So uh, we get it done on that end. So a lot of times I'm not involved with the pre, pre-production of it. It's always, you know, after the film is done and they need, it needs to be edited properly for, for release, you know. Okay. Well, let me put on another track that you sent over uh, called Ride, and when we come back, I want you to kind of give us a brief uh, overview of that song. Just a moment. Okay.
pretty smooth. And um, can you give us an overview of, of where that's from and, you know, the purpose of it? Um, I did that as a jingle. Once again, it was for a car commercial um, for um, musicdealers.com. And uh, I was inspired because I was able to listen. They give you the description of what they're looking for. And then you come up with a jingle. And that's what I did. So I was, that, actually, that was an old jingle that I recreated. So I didn't, the original, I, I wanted to recreate the same type of music or sounds, but I didn't have them. So I came close as I could. And, and I thought I did a great job selecting the sounds, and and I, and that, I thought that particular jingle at the time was was pretty cool, you know. So I was able to use, um, you know, try to just recreate that. And I use Omnisphere for those that are uh, listening that are working with with Soft Sense. Um, it's a module called Omnisphere is by Special Sonics, and it's probably one of the best uh, piece of hardware on, on, on software online. Well, with your music production, I mean, and um, I get a lot done with that. And when we listen to that track, a lot of that was done with Omnisphere and the one before that as well. You know, so I'm really crazy about Omnisphere. So, you know, that's one of my, my babies. <laughs> now, um, do you have any other things, any other projects that you're working on right now, non-related to music? Uh, everything is, is strictly music right now. Um, just like I said, I just did a film called Be Evil with Tony Topaz out in L.A. Um, I have another film I'm doing called All About the Dance with Tony Topaz. Um, and those are going to be taking place in July. Um, and that's about it. It's a couple more things I got going on with Frank Underwood, of course, my cousin. So, um, that should be pretty cool. I'll be calling him in a little while to go over his script, so. It's been a busy day for me for networking and being able to, you know, express what I do as a, as a composer. So it's been a cool day. That's and I'm great. working on a film now, a lesbian-based film, actually, out of New York. Uh, it's on my desktop now called uh, These Showers Can Talk, uh, Gabrielle Lindau, um, mm -hmm. transgender. I shouldn't say lesbian-based, but transgender uh, film um, dealing with uh, just relationships, you know, what men and women go through. Well, this is what women go through daily. So uh, it's comical, it's whimsical. So the score had to be jazzy, sort of like Sex in the City meets the uh, meet, uh, meets Thirty Rock. So the score was like that. So I thought that was pretty interesting for me to come up with those types of themes for the characters. Um, and that movie should be done actually tonight. I should be done with that one tonight to send out. So that's it. That's good. I was I was thinking about writing um, an, another version of Sex in the City involving men instead of women, and uh, very similar characters, but a little bit different. Like maybe some of their personalities are the same, but um, they had different experiences and things like that that makes them unique away from what we already seen on those four women from the original series and their movies. So. If I get, you know, the go-ahead for that, you know, I can call you to do some of my my music composing for this movie and see what happens. <laughs> I, I got you. Just let me know when you're getting started, uh, you know, when, when you're in post-production and, and you're ready for me to take a look at the script 
or whatever it is, then I'm I'm ready to roll. Um, I tell anybody, um, half score, we'll travel. So if I'm if I can't, we're at home, then I'll get on the plane, and we can get it done. We can get it done. We can get it done. I have no problem with that. And um, you know, as far as my payment, if it's through the computer, I use PayPal. My clients pay me through PayPal, and there's no problem. You know, there's no problem with the money unless something comes up on PayPal where they can't, you know, pay me and have to send a check through the mail. But normally the money comes through, you know, PayPal, which is a good thing, you know. And the money just sits in the bank. I don't have to go nowhere, you know. <laughs> I hope you got your PayPal debit card. Like I did. <laughs> no, I, I didn't get that. I need to get one of those. You should, because I love it. It's so convenient, because um, I do other stuff online, and uh, I, all my money goes through PayPal. It makes it so much easier than going through the bank and all that stuff since I'm doing everything directly from the computer. So um, it comes in handy to have that. They don't right, have their own right. Credit I, mean, cards I, too, but, you know, I don't do credit cards, but they have their own credit card, and they have, they have so many different things to help people as far as business, but, you know, that is a good thing to use for your PayPal, so. Cool. Yeah, I'm gonna try that. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming in and sharing your um your career history with us and and um your work, and we look forward to hearing more movies and more other projects with your signature on it because you are very talented and we do appreciate your talent and hope that we can you know get you to come back on the show again. So I hope. You oh have yeah, a great yeah, definitely. Evening. I w- I would love to be a part of the show. Um. And just like right, right quick, I just like to say hello to my mom. I love her. I'm always calling her, and we always share the love. So, and my brothers as well. So, you know, this is this is a cool thing for me to be on the show, and I look forward uh, once again to um, be able to share some other film projects. Like within the next few months, I'll be doing a, a few extra films, and I'll be like, I would like to share those with you as well. So, uh, keep you posted on Facebook. You know. Oh, definitely. You do that so that we can make sure we do another show and have some more work to help you promote um, for on the uh, Internet because this is a great forum. Then I want to say thank you for my my listening audience. Uh, we didn't have much of a chat room today because no nobody really sits still on Sunday, and they just, like, call in and listen. So thank you all for listening, and you can always download the show later so you can get all this great information that Rob shared with us. And I hope everybody has a, a blessed Sunday, safe Sunday, and we will see you uh, tomorrow. We have some more guests coming in, and, of course, you know, it's always busy on MZ and Indie Radio. So thank you again, Rob, and thank you, guests, uh, coming in, and thank you, audience. Um, this is Ravenda, MZ and Indie Radio, signing out. Okay, Ravenda. Hello? Yeah, I'm here. All right, quick. Where, where can I find the station, um, your, 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 your show? Oh, I'm going to uh, send you a um, a link. Okay, okay, And cool. then you can download from there, and you can have other people download it. And then um, if you want to come check the show out, like the archives, because I had a lot of good people on lately. And um, we actually had some directors and producers on um, the ones. I think I asked you if you knew them. Um, Tiffany Herndon and Daryl J. Bragg and... Uh, it was another girl, uh, Stacy. I mean, uh, Lakeisha uh, Jackson. Um, 
We have a couple people, so it might be some people you might want to get to know or work with. So yeah. I'll try to get you in touch with them because that, we have actually a, a publicist that gets all the connections. That's why I was asking you before if you if you had one, I could put you in touch with this girl. She's really good, and um, I'm I'm sure she's pretty reasonable too. And she's she could just connect you with her other clients. Really, she don't even have to go okay. too far. So yeah, I'll give you her. I'll give you her information. Uh, I'm going to give that all to you today, like as soon as we get off the line, and I'll go work on it for you, okay? No problem. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you, too. Thanks a lot. And I hope that, um, you know, we get our other thing going on. We're off the air now, but I hope we get our other stuff going on. That would be great. Oh, yeah, my, my boy wants to know how can he get on, the show, on your show and be interviewed. He's a director. Oh, all you have to do is send me his information, like a bio, some pictures, and, uh, you know, whatever project information he wants to submit, and we'll go ahead and get a schedule. I actually have some openings next week if he wants to come in maybe, like, um, Tuesday. Tuesday's open. Okay. Uh, well, actually, you can talk to him now. Hold on. Ravinda? Yes. Hey, how you doing? Um. So yeah, I got a film that I just finished completing. I had a screening like uh, like last Monday, and mm-hmm. I'm just getting to submit it to like festivals and just really trying to get the film out there. And I have like you know some literature. I can send you a bio or some production photos. I still have like the posters that I use as far as the um, promotion of the screening, and I can just kind of like email you all that stuff. If you okay, yeah, you could do that. Let me give you. You got something to write with? I go ahead and give it to you now. Hey, give me, give me some of the right I got it. Okay. You got it? Rob, you got my email yeah. address? Okay. Yeah, yeah get him, email. Get him. Yeah. Huh? I have an email, yeah. Okay. Well, give him my email address so he can send all that to me. And just, um, me write it down, everything that I should send in. Yeah, just a bio, a picture, and, like, links to your projects or, you know, stuff like that. And then okay, um, I, I had a, I'm, I'm in the process of getting a trailer, but all I really uh-huh. have now is like the flyers, the flyers, the posters that I was um, putting out, and I have a, a bio of myself, and um, and I have production photos as well. Well, that'd be good if you have like a, a flyer for the the production. Um, I could use that as a picture on the um, introductory. Um, um, thing for my show, like when people go see it, you know, they can see that. Um, let me see, what else? You on Facebook? Yeah, I'm on Facebook. Um, okay. I believe I'm under Vindy, V-N-D-I-E 26. Right or, or you can look me up at Ravenda Dollar. Oh, you see on your page, right? Oh, okay, well, I can, I can do that then. I can yeah, I'm, that. On, I'm on there twice, so. You might come up with the one for my business Facebook. I have a business one and I have my personal one, but my personal one seems to be like acting like the business one. So, hey, <laughs> right, everywhere. right. So okay, so uh, revise do, do my website. Live, or they have to go back and pull it from the archives? Um, well, we'll do our interview live, and they get the archives after the live show. So everything's always done live first, and uh, then, then you um, go back and kind of edit it down, and then put it on the air. I don't even have to edit it. Um, the only time I edit it is if I'm putting it on another, like, pod host. 
so that I share with my other audience. I have a, um, a global audience too, like in Asia, Africa, India, Europe, the UK, and I usually upload my shows on this other host, and I usually take the little blog talk little um, thing out of there, and then I'll put it up there so people can listen to it um, from overseas, and that way you get more, you know, exposure. So if you want to pr- promote it overseas too, that would be a good thing when we do the show, I can go ahead and upload it on there, and then people can listen to it there too. And if you have, by the time you know, we do all that, maybe if you have like a video clip or something, I can add that to the website that people come to before they listen to the show, and then they can watch the preview from there. Okay, so you have a lot of hits on your website. Oh, yeah, I got a lot of stuff going on. I have a, a separate radio station, too, that goes through Shoutcast. And um, uh, what's the other thing? I forgot the other uh, music thing that's connected to uh, Shoutcast. I don't even use it, but um, uh, it's 24-7 music. So all the music artists that I promote, I put their music on there, and it gets played to my at my audience um, 24-7. So, and it's a global audience. A lot of people in Russia and Asia particularly love the music that I play for some reason. So I guess they're really into hip-hop and, you know, soul R&B. So <laughs> go okay. figure. Okay. Well, I will definitely get you that information. I'm going to add you to my Facebook, too, and then we can just kind of take it from there. Yeah, that'd be great. And I also write um, screenplays, and I'm actually um, working with a director that's in Atlanta. Her name is um, Tiffany Herndon, and uh, another one named Daryl J. Bragg. She's in New York. And we have a project called uh, Caramel Butterfly. So I'm supposed to meet with them to um, discuss them directing or producing it for me. Uh, it's going to actually be a stage production, but at some point I would like it to be a movie. Um, I'm really trying to get a lot of people, a lot of African Americans, to consider going into film and building yeah. a, a huge of film because we have a lot of people now, but we need more people so that we can pretty much be a bigger force. And learning all the ropes that they need to learn, acting and, and everything else they have to do, producing the music part of it, so that we can start doing our own movies. At some point, we're going to have our own studio. We don't have to wait on Tyler Perry and do all of our stuff in his, the way he does his stuff. You know, I don't want everything to be a Tyler Perry movie when it's black. But that's, that's what I, I mean, well, that's basically what I did. You know, I, I guess it would be better for the interview, but that's what I did. I mean, I put my own money into it. I didn't. I said, you know, bump this. I don't have to go to a studio because I wanted to have control of the writing and the production and everything because, you know, a lot of times when you get people to invest in it, they feel mm-hmm. as though they they putting the money up, then they can come in and make a decision about something that they have no clue about. So I was like, right. bump that. I, I put my own money in and, and it's exactly how I want it to be. And everybody that has seen it, they say that they love it. That's right. And they and when I tell them what the what the budget was, how much it took me to shoot it, the small amount of money they 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 can't believe it that I got that much production value out of that little amount of money. Wow. Well, so, yeah, um, I'm a, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm gonna hit you up. So uh, at some point, hopefully in the near future, I can get on Blog Talk because when people go to the archive, it's not a live show. But people just click, go to your website, and then they just click on the archives, and they can just listen to any interview that you've had over, you know, a certain amount of oh, time. Oh, yeah. 
I've been on a little over a year, so they can go and listen to any interview I've had, um, any of the whatever I do one is live. So um, sometimes I do a recorded interview if it's a person who can only be available, say, 9 o'clock in the morning, and my audience is usually in, later on in the evening. So then what I'll do is play the show back without the chat room because you can't really talk to anybody in the chat room um, if, if they're not live anymore. And then I'll play their show back. So it's, it is making it available to people at least, you know, 24 hours or at least the amount of time that Blog Talk allows you to, to be there. And then I also have my website where I post the shows on there. So, you know, you can just download it from there or share it, so, you know. It's even so on people, my Facebook. So the people hear Rob Diggy live on, on, on the radio or on the website? Mm-hmm. They, 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 so they heard his interview live as, it, as you was giving the interview? Well, they can hear it live as I'm giving an interview when we go on to um, Blog Talk. Yeah, see, that's what I was asking you, because I was trying to hear the interview that you was giving Rob as you were giving the interview to Rob. Did so you how sign can... in? Huh? Did you sign in? Because you have to sign in as a guest. Oh, okay, see, that's it. See, yeah. he, was trying to, he was trying to do it doing the little songs that you were putting uh-huh. on, but uh, mm-hmm. you have to be you have to like be a member and then just sign in. Yeah, you don't have to um, join, join, you know, like have your own thing or whatever. You could just be a guest um, on the, you know, you could either click on the chat if it was a chat, but normally, um, you know, you still have to sign in some kind of way because they want to trace whoever's coming through. A lot of times we get some crank calls and stuff like that, and so they prefer you just go ahead and just sign in. You don't even have to be like a, a host or nothing like that. You just be a listener. Okay, well I I'll do that then. I'm I'm gonna go on and just just uh, get me a guest sign in and and just listen to to pe- to the people that you interview from now on. Mhm. It was a yeah, well, that'd be nice. throughout the day. Pardon me. Is there a certain time that you come on throughout the day? Um, I usually do my show around eight o'clock p.m. Uh, when it's on a weekday. <laughs> um, on the weekends it's earlier in the afternoon. Um, usually on Sundays is around now because it's after church. And Saturdays is like before people start really trying to go party. Okay. So it's pretty well, flexible. It's no no permanent time, you know. So I go according to what the, the availability of my guest is. So. Mhm. Okay. Do you want to talk back to Rob? Or? Pardon me. No, I'm actually gonna cut off now because I gotta go run and open the door for my daughter. Okay. And, um, you- Okay, I'm going to add you on Facebook and then... Okay. Yeah, go ahead and add me to Facebook because I'm on there and we can talk more. And then uh, I'll just IM you my phone number too so you can call me. Okay, then. We'll do that. Okay. Well, nice talking to you. You too. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. All right, bye.